What's going on, guys? We are back. This is Faces the Podcast. Yo, yo, yo. With Michael E. Wilson Jr., aka the real Mike Wilson. Boy and JB, hopefully you don't have a podcast. There we go. Flowing and Joan. <laughs> uh, and today we are going to be discussing a story called She Didn't Tell Me Anything. Mm. And I'm super excited to get into it. But first, let's explain Faces the Podcast. Faces the Podcast is a podcast in which we talk about my book, Faces, which I published like some years ago. Fire. Thank you, thank you. Collection of short stories and poems, and JB helps break down the stories by asking amazing questions. You already know. We play the audio for you. It's a fire-ass podcast. Tell all your friends. Tell your girlfriend. Tell your girlfriend's girlfriend. Tell your girlfriend's girlfriend. Tell girlfriend. the side pieces. <laughs> tell, the, tell the slobbers. Hell. <laughs> tell the guys on the block in the corner. You know what, though? The slobbers deserve to hear a good podcast, too. That's a fact. <laughs> So let everyone know, uh, of course, you can get the book uh, Faces by Michael E. Wilson Jr. on Amazon. And you can also hear the episodes of Faces on Young With a Snapper podcast. You already know. Check I out just Young found this out today. But yeah. uh, <laughs> but that's really good news. So you can definitely check out Young With a Snapper uh, podcast episodes. Definitely do that. I uh, will tell you where you can find uh, JB on Instagram a little bit later. But Absolutely. I want to ask JB a quick question. Talk to me. So now that you know we're on, she didn't tell me anything. I want to know, like, what you were before your first thoughts before we played the story for the audience. What do you? Sorry, that's not even what I want to ask. I want to ask: Do you relate? Is there anything based on what you've already heard that makes you like? You know, is there anything you want to share that's a relating story? No, not nothing relating. You don't have anything related. Um. So you ain't never have a friend. Who had a situation in the situation or you were trying to see if y'all could get in another situation that ain't never happened. I'm looking at you and I feel like that's something that's happened at least twice in your life. Listen, if if I I don't want to tell too much. I want you guys to listen <laughs> to the story. But if if you putting somebody on and then the interest kind of like shifts towards you. Yeah. That's happened to you too many times is what I'm getting from this. Man, you no. gotta, you gotta, you gotta, you, you gotta, you gotta pull the trigger. But Mike, I, I can't, I can't break it down. You guys have to listen. Listen first, and then we'll talk about so it. So you just want to get straight into it. I want to, cause come on, Mike, Mike should have, Mike should have, Mike should have cracked it <laughs> if he had a chance. She didn't tell me anything. It was his moment. <laughs> all right, all right. So uh, <laughs> JB, I think he gave away a few spoilers. So we'll get into it. Yeah, yeah, we'll get into it. So this is She Didn't Tell Me Anything. You guys give it a listen, and we'll come back and talk about it. Absolutely. She Didn't Tell Me Anything. Marlo and I traverse St. Mark's Place aimlessly on a daily occasion. We knew all the faces down the street, but none of their names. We didn't drink so bars were out of the question. All we ate was two bros dollar piece, so we were too poor for anything else. Marla will point out every short skirt, long leg beauty on the block. I'm not in agreement. Back then, St. Mark's didn't have much going on outside of tattoo shops and a wide variety of biker types who all looked like skinheads. Even the women were bald. There were the addicts, too. Burroughs little junkies. The motive behind Marla and I musing through the dystopia was the odd freedom that seemed so distinct and true there. It was a gateway to a world we were itching to be a part of, a world that didn't extend an invitation to two black boys trying to find their way. It was punk, alternative, true, and bare. We hadn't experienced anything like it. The first person I ever met on St. Mark's was a woman I had no business falling in love with. She was short and stout with a nose ring beneath jade eyes. Marlo once said that a nose ring indicated that a woman was adventurous if it's a loop, boring if otherwise. 
she wore a loop. One evening, I was walking through St. Mars with my friend Shelly. She was looking to get a new pair, saying we were passing a shop when Shelly decided to go in and ask some questions. Upon entering, she suddenly stiffened. Brandon, tell that girl I like her, she demanded. Why don't you tell her you like her? She's right there, I said loud enough for her to hear. Are you crazy? I've never hit on a girl before. Opportunity awaits, I smirked. Shelly pinched me. Following her futile soul, she gave me earnest eyes assisted by quivering lips. I fell for the ruse. I walked over to the counter and looked at the woman of my friend's admiration for a moment. I froze over and forgot my cause. Hi, can I help you? Her question grounded me for my celestial enchantment. Yes, well, you see, my friend there thinks you are very cute and would like to talk to you. Nothing in me wanted to introduce the woman to Shelley. Something about her captivated me. She asked Shelley to come over and they spoke briefly between blushes. She introduced herself as Tony and exchanged numbers with Shelley. Once Shelley was pulled to the back to get Pierce, Tony and I picked up the conversation. The chemistry between us was instant. Tony took down my number and said she wanted to be friends. I swiftly concurred. St. Mars had developed a new meaning for me. Before it was a liberal ruin, Marlo and I excavated for entertainment and meaning. Knowing Tony transformed the ruin into a haven, one I visited frequently. Tony liked having me around while she worked. Her manager didn't mind my company. I was a kind of comedic relief for their pens and needles establishment. Tony and I spoke freely during her lunch breaks on the stairs of a bizarre store that had a dummy wearing a leather jacket and gas mask in the window. Emblematic of everything St. Mark stood for, it was one of many topics we never discussed. Instead, in the presence of the plastic omen, we spoke about her struggles getting an apprenticeship to become a tattooist. Tony informed me that it would be a tough road for her because ladies were still struggling with a glass ceiling in her industry. She knew it could happen, however. She just had to be consistent. I had no advice. I had an ear. That's all she needed. Though I was an unbiased entity interested in her lair, she didn't care to know mine. In fact, I don't remember sharing much at all. She didn't ask about my upbringing, my job, or my dreams. I was there to provide her the company she desperately desired. Perhaps she did the same for me. Tony didn't do much but work, and that was bringing little joy to her life. Although she had witty co-workers and interacted with friendly customers daily, she was marked by a persistent depression that seemed to only live when she smoked. She felt stuck, like her life had become stale and unchanging. She was right. At the least, I was glad to provide some relief, no matter how inconsequential. One evening, during a special event I promoted at a bar in Williamsburg, Tony graced us with her presence. Though she was Shelly's girl, we were devoted friends. She greeted Shelly with a kiss and gave me a not-so-platonic hug. During the event, I sat down for her and we spoke as usual. She had been drinking, so her person was somewhat distorted. She was always high, but I'd never seen her drunk before. There was a moment in which our eyes met, a, a moment that seemed to last forever. Tony slowly leaned in and kissed me. My lips quivered, desperate to make acquaintance with hers, but instead I turned my head. I couldn't kiss her. Shelly was falling for her. I couldn't betray my friend, could I? Tony avoided me the rest of the night. Weeks later, Shelly informed me that her and Tony slept together regularly. She liked her enough, but she was already bored with her. Shelly seemed to be in search of only carnal pleasure. She didn't understand my pierced Persephone, how coolly she went through life. Shelly decided to break up with Tony. Though I was busy hosting and planning parties, I immediately reached out to Tony. She didn't respond to my text or calls. I thought something might have happened to her, so I made a beeline to her job. When I arrived, her manager informed me she quit. 
I went to her Facebook and inquired her humble, where'd you go? In her inbox. She left me unread. It was Marla who broke the news to me. Yo, it's crazy how your girl left, right? He asked. What do you mean? I responded, trying to understand. Tony went to LA. Didn't she tell you? She didn't tell me anything, I said with a shattering heart. Yeah, I I would think she would tell you out of all people. She didn't tell me anything, I said with lowered eyes and a broken heart. She didn't tell me? All right, we are back from the story. She didn't tell me anything. And the question I almost asked in the beginning is the question I usually ask at this point. Your first thoughts overall before you start asking questions or we break it down. Your first thought of the story of, you know, the kind of elements that came together. I had music playing in the background. Shit. I created a, like, you felt like Yo, you he creates the vibe. I mean, I'm saying The no. vibe that's being in your ear. So when you, first of all, yeah, I, know I just want to, this is beautiful, mm-hmm. right? Um, everybody have a situation like this, man or woman. Mm-hmm. That's number one. Or in between. Um, or in between. Yes. Big facts, no cap. Yeah. Um, listen, the vibe was set. My my opinion on it, it happens. Mm. But... We were discussing in the intro that it seemed to have happened to you on more than one yeah, occasion. Yeah. When you, sometimes when you, when you go to put somebody on, when somebody's shy, that's a, that's a challenging game. Mm. Challenging game, reason why, you like you said, you don't want to betray your yeah. friend. And when you're a loyal person, which I'm sitting next to a very loyal guy right now. I appreciate that. They're not going to want to stab you in the back. But me personally, I went and went in for the, you know, yes, y'all heard him. He, she went in for the kiss. He turned away. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> nah. I, I, I'm watching an anime now called Black Clover. There's okay. a character called Rhea. I think it's Rhea, uh, the disloyal. Okay. And I'm tempted to start calling you JB, the disloyal. <laughs> hey. <laughs> Listen, just based on that context only. But look at look at the look at the look at the uh, look at the situation now. Right? Yeah, yeah, you're putting somebody on. They're not they're not in a relationship. They're just talking. They they're not they're just mingling, right? She makes the first move, and in the the law book of man, <laughs> if she makes the first move, okay, tag and bag and put in the freezer. Tag and bag and put them in the freezer. Tag and bag. Is that what we're doing with relationships no. now? Well. The way the vibe, look, you was vibing. There was a couple of other things that I kind of felt like I didn't, like, in the beginning you said, you know, you would sit there, and, and most of the storylines, you sit there, you, you're, you're, people are venting you, they're relieving themselves on you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, you're, you're, you're that person that they can come and talk to. Absolutely. And here it was like, you know, you sat with her a lot of the times, and I said, I kind of like, you felt something, like she wasn't really tending to you the way you was tending to her, and I almost like, you know... You kind of like push it to the red flag because of the feeling of I like you. Maybe this could be different. Maybe you're going through something. Maybe I could push it to the side. Yeah. How do you how do you go through that? Like I know in each story, you you go through that relief and not getting that back. How That's you- a really great question and something I had to talk about in therapy. <laughs> so, um, well, oftentimes a lot of our habits come from the way we're raised and mm-hmm. the elements in our homes. And so I was a person who was always told that like my purpose was to help others, was to give to mm-hmm. others. And through that, I also absorbed this idea. Growing up as a very religious kid, mm-hmm. I absorbed this idea that all of my treasures would be given to me in heaven. Amen. Right? So it's like, what treasures was I going to get on earth? I, I didn't deserve or needed any of them. Mm-hmm. So I became essentially a punching bag for many people. I became a safe space for many people. 
And I often didn't get those things in return. And for a long time, mm-hmm. I didn't know I deserved those things in return. Gotcha. Um, that kind of care, concern, and patience. And so that is interesting that you notice that theme throughout the stories because that has been a theme literally throughout my life. And these mm-hmm. stories range from as early as 19 up until maybe 25. Okay. So a good six to seven year time period where people were treating me a certain way and I just accepted the treatment. So going... You know, I know I'm jumping the gun here, but I know you mentioned a few times that you would have definitely kissed her. I think that was kind of an eternal kind of thing, mm. right? Because even mm. though that seems like the reward I want, what I've always truly wanted, and it was one of the reasons why I'm no longer dating my ex, Got you. is a person who really did see me, cared for me, mm. and took me as I was, good and bad, right? Because it's really easy for me to do that with other people. I just don't feel like I've received that same grace, mm. you know? So... Mm. kind of looking at that it's like you know i was mad and sad or whatever about how she kind of left without telling me anything because at the very least i thought we were still friends Mm. and that's the point of the story really it's like okay yeah maybe we did have these stronger feelings but we need to parse through our friendship before we can even get to the romance because you were dealing with romance with another person anyway facts right so it's like how am i getting in between that and yet I don't even feel like you fully really see me. Mm-hmm. I appreciate your company. Obviously, you appreciate mine. Mm-hmm. But there's so much more there. Absolutely. Um, and yeah, that that's definitely a theme throughout my life that has been really consistent. And yeah, no, faces might as well be called, please see me. <laughs> <laughs> Man, listen, that aroma. Mike got that aroma. But like I said, I've been, in every story, I noticed that everybody, does, they attach on and they kind of like disattach. In like a disappearing way, or the, not like a disappearing way, but more of like this kind of like slowly fades out the picture. I, I like to think of it as, um, you know, you kind of get what you need and you move on. Yeah, mm. which is definitely what I've noticed. It's yeah. like, oh, got what I need, peace. Yeah, you know. Yeah. And again, not demanding the care and attention that I needed, right? Because mm-hmm. I'm always good. I'm always on the up and up. I'm always figuring shit out. Gotcha. And the other person is a flawed human being who can't. And I'm doing air quotes right now to say that the idea that I'm always doing well is an idea that mm. people place on me mm-hmm. and not the reality. Correct. And then the idea that they're the ones who are always in need and you know always need assistance is an idea they put on themselves and feel like they can't return or have anything to return to other people, or at least me. No cap, you know, I, I get that a lot too. Like some people get, some people come up to me, they just start talking, you know, issues, their problems. Mm. It's fine. But, you know, one of the good things I can say about that is when, when somebody does it to you, when they ask you how you're doing. Yeah. That is something that sometimes I could just be like, oh. <laughs> you know what I mean? Sometimes I could just really sit back and, oh, that just made my day. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, even when we, I feel like even when we meet up before we even start the episode, it's mm-hmm. like, hey, what's going on? And you're like, blah, blah, blah. And then you're like, hey, what's going on? And I'm like, blah, blah, blah. And, but that's a healthy like relationship mm-hmm. overall. Fact. It's just, I get into how people are these days and technology and all this other stuff, and I'm absolutely not going to. But for whatever reason, that kind of shared, like, I see you, you see me kind of thing is slowly or maybe rapidly mm-hmm. fading from society yes yes um but it's something that's so easily reattainable mm-hmm. right it's just yeah. like just look to the person and say how are you then ask the same question back absolutely and listen <laughs> you know, listen back in the days a conversation how how our how our parents how our ancestors used to do it mm-hmm. without the phones mm-hmm. without technology it, it way smoother a, a level of transparency 
that would require you to meet with somebody face to face. And yeah. now with everything is the phone. To me, the phone technology breaks down communication. Take social media, sorry, yeah. breaks down uh, communication with human beings now. So I'm going to challenge that idea only to say to that me. when we talk about like our ancestors, our parents and stuff like that, they would have these conversations, but were they listening to each other? Mm. Think about the gossipers you knew. Mm. You know what I mean? Think about, think about the people, and I'm saying this based on my own experience, and maybe you don't have this experience. Maybe you really were around people who were listening to each other. But I'm mm. thinking about the people who kind of just heard other people's stuff and then just shared it, right? And then they weren't opening up. They weren't really sharing real experiences or connecting. And there's something scary, I think, about connecting with people. Mm-hmm. And I do think, this is the part I definitely agree with, I do think technology makes that harder. Correct. Right? But I do find that, you know, for example, something as simple as, like, I listen to Dungeons and Daddies, which is not okay. a BDSM podcast, and that's part of their tagline. <laughs> um, but these guys improv and joke with each other and create this world of fantasy. And because mm-hmm. of that, they end up referencing things that they both listen to or seen or whatever. And they can share more experiences, learn more about each other and Facts. grow. Facts. And that's just like, if you think about yourself in school, if you mm-hmm. think about yourself in certain work environments, you think about yourself in our office, yeah. you know what I mean? Like those experiences happen in that way. Mm-hmm. And those experiences can and do happen online through phones, etc. Uh, I think the real question is, is that when we start to, look at our friendships, our romantic mm. relationships and stuff like that. Are we always doing that with other people and are people always doing that with us? Or do mm. we see each other as a means? Gotcha. Right. And I think the means thing may be what I'm talking about when I talk about our ancestors and our parents kind of using each other for means and, you know, men using women for means, women using men for means, and then dudes using their networks gotcha. for means as opposed to connecting with the human being. Gotcha. Real shit. This summer, from the studio that brought you, she's just a friend, and you said I could date him, comes the new best action-packed, drama-filled movie of the century. We need to talk. Marlon, I'm looking for Mitch. Adams, did you text him? Well, why should I have to text him? I just call. He won't answer. Cause only serial killers call without saying why they're calling first. One homie refuses to text before calling. See, I just sent him a message. He says he's free to talk. The other refuses to answer an unsolicited call. I got his voicemail again. Whatever you do, do not leave a voicemail. I don't know who you think you are or what you think you're doing. But I have a certain amount of travel points. I will find you. And we will talk. Starring Nicholas Gate and John Travolver and the nameless guy who explains text etiquette. Grab your best pal and see. We need to talk in theaters this summer. <laughs> so what was this life-changing message you needed to give him? Chicken and waffles are disgusting. You mother... She left. Yeah. You know, just disappeared, not saying nothing. You said she didn't reply to your text message, which for me, when they, like, when I, when I, when I hit somebody up and they don't reply, yeah, kind of like, uh, what's going on? Did the ghost feeling, or was it, did it, in your mind, did it say, oh, here goes another one? Well, because of the weird, like, friendship connection I knew we had mm-hmm. that I knew was pretty strong in general. Gotcha. It seemed really out of character. Mm-hmm. So I, my whole thing was more like, I mean, 
like my homie who's not that cool with you found out. Mm, like, correct. <laughs> correct. Like, why didn't you tell me? You know, because yeah. the story opens with me hanging out with uh, I forget the character's name, but my boy Scotty. Marlo. Marlo. There you go. Uh, and at the end, I use Marlo to say that he's the person who tells me. In mm-hmm. real life, it was another friend of mine who, again, really didn't know her very well. Gotcha. Um, and I think it might have been something that they might have shared on Facebook. Like mm-hmm. it was chatting, and she was yeah. like, "Oh yeah, I left." Type of thing. Gotcha. Um, so that was like kind of insult to injury. I'm like, you don't even talk to homie, but you told him? Like, mm-hmm. fine, you want to uproot your life and do your thing. I'm not mad at that part per se, but, you know, we chilled on a regular basis. We talked on a regular basis, you know? Um, and you were dating my friend. Yeah. Like, you think you would tell me something. Um, so that, that was just kind of like a weird insult to injury kind of thing. I would say a lot of people have um, uncommunicated expectations. Hmm. For some people, because you know, she came to the first of all, she used she she's a smoker. Yeah, and to come to an event t- twisted, drunk is a little bit out of the norm, like you said, right? Mm-hmm. So maybe she came to the. I was, I'm I'm this is me thinking. Maybe she came to that event to do something out of the norm, with you know, and maybe that not that that because you know women are very emotional, hmm. and um. Maybe to her to, to gather the emotions to kiss you while dealing with somebody else. She, maybe she couldn't. That just fucked up her expectations. Yeah, yeah. Of what she because you know that back and forth. You, you know somebody she could talk to that person that, that support that support system. Yeah, and maybe not to get that kiss. She was like, nah. "But damn, what I do all this for?" Yeah, no, that makes sense. Why'd I, I op- never thought about that. Way. Why did I open up so much to somebody that? But to me, that's not your fault because somebody is supposed to have laid their expectations for you. Break it down to me. What do you like? What do you expect from me? Yeah, I didn't kiss you. I know the game. I know you. I put you on with somebody. <laughs> Literally, let's not, let's not forget that. Yeah. So, I'm, and I'm not going to betray that. You see how loyal I am to you. I'm not going to be. I'm not going to betray my man's over here. Yeah. Um, maybe talk about that a little bit. Ah, uh, I don't even know what to say. Um... <laughs> So I never even thought about the idea that um, that was kind of like a, uh, what you call it? You know how people say, let's uh, take a shot of bravery type of thing? Yes. Okay. Um, Never even thought about it from that way. So interesting perspective on that. And yeah, I mean, as far as communicating expectations, I find that uh, that's a thing I see with people kind of frequently, Mm. um, very much so. And, you know, I've, I've definitely worked on the art of being pretty straightforward and being like, hey... Right. Yeah. You know, and yeah. I'm not perfect at it, but uh, I think I'm a little bit better than the average person these days. Mm-hmm. Uh, and sometimes I'm just like, you know, just tell me what it is you're not going to do. Tell mm-hmm. me what it Facts. is you're trying to do. Facts. Like, whatever, friendship, uh, romance, whatever. Just like, what's going on? Yeah. Uh, because we both deserve that. Yeah. You know, uh, you deserve to know where I'm coming from. I deserve to know where you're coming from. And in that situation, I imagine. Much like those regular conversations that we were having on a regular basis, her being like, look, I'm having fun with your friend, but I really like you. Mm. What does Boom. that look like? That's that's all. What the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> does it take that long to just be like, yo, listen, <laughs> he a little corny, but you lit. And remember, this is a she. So the, remember, Shelly's a she. So. Yeah. Oh, boom. Yeah. She. She a little corny, but hey, you yeah. looking lit. It's nothing wrong with just, just keeping... I think when you're younger, people have a hard time feeling that, uh, saying those type of things. True. Maybe they worry about feelings and so on and so forth, or 
Or being judged. Or, just, or, or getting being, it wrong. Boom. Right? But I think as you get older... You don't care. You don't give a shit about none of that. I'm going to tell you exactly what it is. Boom, boom, boom. And if you Actually, I argue uh, that as well. Because I, I feel like as I've gotten older, mm-hmm. I, I'm seeing a consistent lack of transparency. Personally. Mm. Mm. Personally. I'm just like... Talk tell, to me. Just tell me what's up. Yeah. That's it. You know? Yeah. I'm just tell me what's up. Um, especially kind of being back in the dating world and kind of seeing that mm-hmm. and like the little situations I'm here and here and there, whether it be even networking sometimes, yeah. um, there's sometimes <laughs> there are people I've contacted, uh, we've sat down, had conversations, vibe was dope. Gotcha. We were like, we're going to work together. We're going to whatever, whatever. And I've been ghosted on the business level. Wow. <laughs> and wow. my thing is maybe you don't like what I do. Right. Right. But like, Hey, I don't think this is the proper time or I, I don't think our mediums. I meet at a particular place. Facts. I don't think that this we should work together. Yeah, done. But I, listen, I understand that maybe you might have done that before. Some people take it differently. People take it differently, but me personally, leave it all out there. Yeah. Nothing is nothing hard. Nothing can hurt, but a nobody. Yes, I know. That's it. Yes. That's it. That's it. Everyone listen to JB. Everyone take this as a personal lesson. If you're one of those people who are leaving people on the hook in the business world and any form of relationships, platonic or not platonic, like just tell people what the fuck is up. Yeah, dating the dating world. Um, I would definitely, especially when you go on on that first date, mm-hmm. man. If you guys been talking via chat, via whatever, and it leads to that first date, that first date, that eye, eye contact I'm giving you, that first date, I'm gonna let you know exactly what it is. <laughs> you should yeah. see the eye contact; it's pretty intense. I'm giving him some eye contact right now, ladies and gentlemen. Can I get a picture of this eye contact? Oh I'm gonna God. post the eye contact because mm-hmm. it's right ridiculous. Here. Mm. Look at that eye contact. Mm. Look at that. Mm. JB mm. guys. Gave him the people I gave him the rock's eyebrow just now. <laughs> Different. But now nah, you you gotta be right now, especially these days, you gotta be blunt. Yeah. Say it right to the chest. That's it. Say it right to their chest. I'm sorry, but let it come from yours. Absolutely. Absolutely. My what God. else you got for me? I definitely this one was definitely interesting because like I said, when you put somebody when you when somebody asks you and I've been the person to be shy sometimes and be like, yo, put me on. Same. And then be like, they put, they go to put you on, but then they're like, nah, she wasn't feeling you, big dog, but I got it for me. Yeah. I'll be like, okay. Yeah, that's absolutely fine. That's fine with you, my guy. Yeah. And let me know how it was. Gross. <laughs> <laughs> but like my boy Scott, we've, mm-hmm. we've, well, I've mostly been in the shy seat growing up. Oh. I, he would like look out for me in that way and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. God bless Scott, man. Yeah. Good guy. Good, good guy. guy. Great guy. Yeah. Hey, okay. Good. Not great. Okay. Oh, wow. Okay. We, we I'm always fucking around. Oh, my God. Always fucking with Scott. God, Scott, Scott hasn't heard an episode of our fucking podcast yet. No? So I'm going to keep throwing in Easter eggs of insults. <laughs> Scott, God, listen, I'm trying to defend you here, my guy. Come on, so we could jump him. <laughs> listen, listen. So this story, like I said, you got to listen. You got to listen to this one. Um, listen to it a couple times. No, listen to it once, twice. Listen to it. Um, you got to sit back sometime. When you listen to these stories, these faces, you got to sit back and just take it. Sip it with some wine. Sip it with some wine. I love that. Sip it with some wine, some tea, some, you know what I mean, coffee. And just look you know, look into these stories. Yeah. And then look back into your life. Sometimes some of these things match. It gives you a different perspective on how to move. Shit, JB giving you a different perspective every time we talk. How to adjust. Mike is a great guy. Thanks. There's a lot of things I talk to Mike about. Sometimes sometimes his words change my perspective. I appreciate that. These that. stories change your perspective. 
God bless you. <laughs> that was like a sermon on the mountain. <laughs> Usually, I end by giving the thanks to the the uh, the uh, what you call it, the listeners. Why don't you? Oh, you have something else. Yeah, you know, he said a couple. Listen, my vocabulary. Oh, my fault. I'm over here trying to end it on you. Oh, no. He got more for me. Uh, listen, uh, I, I, he said a couple of things in it. I want a couple. It's a, a platonic hug. Platonic hug, yes. So I definitely uh, wanted to, for people that didn't know, you know, but that's like a uh, a friendly or break it down to me, Mike, please. Uh, so the word platonic is used when you want to say that something's essentially non-romantic. So. In the story, uh, when we're in a club and I see um, character's name, I always want to go to the real person's name. I never remember character's name. Uh, but when I see the young lady, um, what ends up happening is she gives me a hug. And I mm-hmm. say that she gives me a non-platonic hug. And so I was talking to JB a little bit about this. Um, essentially, platonic being more like friendly, more chill, more like regular, non-platonic or romantic. Uh, which I guess I could have said romantic, but non-platonic just seemed like a longer, funner route to what I was trying to uh, portray. Um, like, we'd hug, but, like, we held each other too long, and it was, like, too much caressing and too much closeness. Look at that. You know? She wanted him. Yeah. <laughs> she wanted him. She took that shot of bravery and was like, all right, I'm feeling you. Like, women, y'all let us know certain things. Like, my mom used to tell me all the time, if women look at you more than once or twice. Yeah. You know, if a woman if a woman's playing with her hair while she's in front of you, okay. You know, if she's talking to you, she keep it interest. I like you. God, I think John trying to sleep with everybody in the office. Then, wow, <laughs> not me. He does all those. Things. He don't do that. He try. He gives. He definitely gives me a good look. You know, come over here with that shit. God bless you, my good brother. No, no, we just mess with you, John. He listens to this. <laughs> oh, John, my guy. God bless you. Don't uh, try it. <laughs> But uh, you, you were saying something. Uh, so I think it's clear in the story, but maybe it's not. Uh, and the thing is, Shelly was actually there at that party as well. Mm. So, yeah, the character takes a, yeah, sh- a shot right, of yeah. bravery. And this is all, all of this is happening in front of Shelly. Maybe sh- Shelly doesn't have our attention, but the room wasn't that big. The, the Actually, the club, uh, it was a spot in Williamsburg. I used to um like promotion. Brooklyn. Room. Yeah. Um, it was a, oh, roughly the size of my apartment. It was it was it was a oh, small okay. enough space. It wasn't a huge space, um, but in yeah, a, in a small space, sometimes it could, it could, you could lose tr- you could lose track a little bit. Hmm. In a small place, especially if it's and I know it's probably a club setting, but if she went, if she if she if all this happened while she was there and she didn't like take note, hey. I mean, I also shared some things about Shelly with you a little bit earlier, yeah. and it fits her character. Yeah, she, she really wouldn't have cared. And there's also one other thing you said the it, the earrings. She wore earrings. Oh yeah, so I, 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 I'm pretty sure my the friend earrings. Marlo really did tell me this, but yeah. it, the idea was, um, and it's not something I necessarily believed. But he was saying that if a woman wore a nose ring, and I've got the two type of shapes I mentioned, if it was a a loop. It was a loop. Uh, an Olympian one. I, th- I forgot what it is. Yeah, like, if it was like a loop or something, she was adventurous. Yeah. If it was like a stud or something, it was like bad basic. You, but you believe in those type of things? No, no, no. But I've always heard type of things like that from male friends, and I thought always thought you know just fascinating. Which I feel like with your eyebrows, you're probably suggesting, <laughs> for example, the tongue ring, right? Man, yeah. The, so. It, <laughs> 
I'm sure every listener who's an adult, which I think all my listeners are adults based on my numbers, um, knows or have an idea that like if a person really at this point has a tongue ring, mm-hmm. it implies that they are trying to heighten a certain kind of pleasure on the cunnilingus or fellatio related gross. <laughs> and I'm going to keep that in so you guys can hear how gross it is. <laughs> But the idea is that they're they're supposed to be either either really skilled and or have gotten the t- <laughs> the ring to enhance the pleasure for their partners. Listen, listen, he listen. That's real. Yeah, and that's what you were implying when you when you started. When I that, make this yeah. noise, well, before you even made the noise, I was like, okay, I saw your face when you were talking about. Do you believe in those things? I was like, I think he's talking about the tongue I, ring. I, the tongue ring also. Um, the belly button ring is one that people find that implies the belly button ring also the, the facial hair. The facial hair? Yes. What do you they mean? say when a woman has facial hair underneath the chin, Uh-oh. she's wild. I've never heard this one before. Is that what you go for? You only like with the Test the chinnies. <laughs> Test the hairy chinnies. I know people also love tramp stamps because they think it means that the woman's naturally a freak if she has a tramp stamp. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. I was listening to one podcast and uh, the, the, the lady uh, lead character <laughs> was joking that... Um, Instead of calling it a tramp stamp because it's so unempowering, they call it something like the uh, I don't know, like the free woman stamp or something like that. Free woman stamp, like my something ass. something stronger, something more powerful, yeah, which okay. I love. Listen, you have a tramp stamp, beautiful thing. <laughs> <laughs> JB's a fan, guys. <laughs> I'm a fan of a tramp stamp, but they, they got you know what? They just talk about this in another podcast, and they talk about tramp stamps because sometimes some of them things. It's sometimes they sometimes some of them they get it all the way down to the uh-huh. or go around in the waist. Yeah. Sometimes sometimes they get a not too, a cute one that fits just right. Oh. <laughs> Faces tramp stamp connoisseur. Hell, <laughs> <laughs> God bless you guys. These sound effects. Any more questions? No, no, no. I'm good, man. Listen to the faces. Uh, beautiful, beautiful. Right, appreciate it, man. Appreciate yeah. it. I was going to say, I was saying a little early when I try to wrap this up too early. Uh, usually, I, I start the whole thanks to the listeners and social medias and stuff. Why don't you kick it off this time? Hey, so, you know, thank you, thank you, listeners. This is me. This is me ending it. You know, my your guy, JB, hosted the Whippersnap Podcast, you know sitting there with my guy, Mike, the, 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 the author of Faces. This is true. I wrote yeah, Listen, Amazon, yeah, out there, everywhere. Yeah. Get it. Don't bullshit with it. I want to thank the listeners. Hold on. Hold on. Uh, follow, follow my guy, Mike. At the at Mike Wilson writes. No, no, actually, I should update that one. So it's going to oh. be at TRMWBK. Oh. Yeah, I haven't updated the sheet, but remember, I say that every time. It's usually yeah, my, my heart's page. But you what know. about your at? Don't just go straight me, to me. You know, listen, you know where to find me. I'm everywhere. Find the big dog. He's you don't remember my... your social, do you? <laughs> YWS Podcast One. Okay, good, 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 good. Listen, holler at me. I'm on Instagram. I'm on, I'm everywhere. I'm on iTunes. Well, I'm Young Whippersnapper Podcast. Your boy host JB. Facts. Listen, faces. And what's the next episode we're talking about? Eulogy of Pain. Yeah. So if you guys mm. want to email or send an audio message, yeah, y'all haven't been sending audio messages, and I got beef with y'all. Yeah. Now, we're gonna, we're about to pull, pull up. up. That's we, <laughs> same time. Yeah. We're about to pull up where y'all at. I got geo I got geo, uh, I got geo uh, facts on you guys based facts. on. And Mike goes in the car. I'm going to come out the car. Listen. Listen, I'm going to be right next to the hydrant, waiting for you to come downstairs. Facts, with the hazards on. 
<laughs> now, so uh, if you guys want to send an email about any of the stories, uh, you can send an audio email, you can send a paragraph about any of the stories that might have related to you, why it related mm-hmm. to you, if you had an experience like any of the things. So the next episode, um, a UG for Pain, is kind of like an epic poem mm-hmm. dealing with the idea Definitely. of putting pain to bed, putting pain to rest. Um, and moving on from that. So if you've had a situation where someone has pained you and you have wanted to, you have let go of that pain that they caused you, feel free to email us about that as well. Absolutely. Um, and yeah, uh, take us away. Listen, thank you for listening. God bless. Um, listen to, to the next uh, episode of Faces. Much love. Peace, guys.